Hey folks, SH1T coming to you live uh, with probably the funnest podcast I've done uh, so far. No disrespect to all the other uh, conversations that I've had or when I've sat and stared at a wall and talked for 30 to 45 minutes. Um, Dustin Bennett, Simple Man, is a scholar and a gentleman, a funny dude, talented guy, uh, rapper, mechanic, uh, father, and good friend. So I hope you enjoy the next uh, 55 minutes or an hour of the podcast. Okay, Dusty. So my first question is, Trump 2020, what is your political... <laughs> You're an ass, man. I'm fucking around with you, man. I mean, I don't care. Whatever, Trump. I don't, I don't care, man. The, the state of the fucking nation so ripped in the down the middle that, you know, it's just anytime you have an opinion, somebody wants to kill you over it. So I don't care. I, I was just messing with it, man. I know it's not going to be political. I, I, I figure this is just going to be us rehashing the old glory days and finding out uh, what's, you know, just kind of catching up and finding out what's going on. Uh, I know you got a you got a kid, and I, like we just talked about before, I got a three year old going on twenty one, uh, mm-hmm. pain in the ass, love her to death, right. and then my. Well, you uh, have a girl, so you need to let me know how much drama I'm in for. Oh, dude, you wanna? Uh, I don't know. Depending on who you ask, I, I know I'm doing it wrong. Like I'm 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 drawing lines, and I'm trying to I'm trying to discipline and everything. But she just she's just as stubborn as I am, right? Yeah. Uh, some people give advice to like just let them run free and do whatever. I just can't. I, don't, I have that mental block where I can't do that. Like I have to. This, it's an affront to my uh, sensibilities if she like doesn't listen or throws a temper she's tantrum. She's like you. She's probably questioning every uh, thing you're you're laying down for her there, right? She's oh. probably like, I don't think I want to do that because I think I want to make up my own mind here, Dad. Who who's this tard telling me what to do when I know better? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, mine's not in using the words yet, so she's still she's uh starting to chew on furniture. She's got eight teeth at nine months old. I don't know what the growth rate is normally on that, but they're coming in high. Yeah, uh, they yeah that mine uh, my four month old is I think he's starting to drool, so he's gonna start teething. But yeah, they just bite everything, man. This is your first, right? Yeah, she went through like at least I guess it's good because she's like knocking them all out at once. She went through two real painful teething spurt so far but it isn't like a continual like she's teething for the whole friggin year or something you know yeah it's on off how old is she she's nine months have you sleep trained her yet like does she go to bed on a routine time or does she still mess with your mother she uh she gets up it's uh it's berries man she she had a couple night terrors. Uh, man, we're old, dude. We're yes. <laughs> we're we're old-ass old domesticated men. Um, she Did... went through a couple night terrors recently. I had to, like, deal with that. I don't know. She's moody. She's like her mother. She Sometimes she doesn't want to sleep. Sometimes she does. So it all depends. When you first met me, could you ever imagine having this conversation? No. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, 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 no. A thousand times no. Jesus. Hey, you'd like to know this. Uh, I lost 300 uh, this weekend. Hell yeah. City of Poker. That, was it an Asian dude that had knew that you had aces and that's why they called you? No, I did the regular pocket queens up against pocket aces. You hey. know, that type of deal. Oh, I love it. It's uh, yeah. it's always good. Uh, Jesus. I haven't I'm played. Gonna you, I'm going to tell you my uh, real. I'm not trying to. Go, 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 go. I want you to. Because you haven't been here in a while, and it still goes on down there. The guy who uh, 
I went in against two hands prior, pushed uh, 500 and something pre-flop with king-queen offsuit. Hey. So so I was like, yeah, this this dude, you know, this is money in the bank. We're playing five-handed, five-handed at the table. I get pocket queens. I'm like, yep, this is my guy here. Shove it in for uh, – I, I was up a little bit. I was up like uh, 140, so I pushed 440 in. And he called, and then he said, I have aces. What do you have? And I said, I don't have aces. <laughs> That's my favorite line of yours is because <laughs> – Oh, Jesus, the, the tails and the uh, – that one car ride home I'll never forget where we both got our asses kicked. And we just <laughs> – we just were hating the world of – Remember how many good new hats I destroyed <laughs> leaving that place, man? I just throw them in the air and slam them on the ground. God, man, that oh. was ridiculous. Poker will make you question your uh, life choices, most. But I love the game. I can't get away from it. I don't. I don't think I'm addicted to the. I just love the challenge. I think it's competition. I think it's a way it's, to. You, you sit there with people and you're cordial with them and you, and you're all nice and you're joking, but at the same time you're trying to backstab them and lie to them. You know, so it's like a. A good type of type of mix. Are you trying to outsmart them? Me and you like to think we're self-proclaimed geniuses, so we can always, you know, we're gonna beat it, man. We're better than the curve. We're gonna, we're gonna get out here and do it, man. And then, like that, the 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 greatest hand ever. You know what I'm about yep. to talk about? Oh, of course, yeah. send it. Orange, <laughs> Orange Park with the old dude. Where uh, I think did y'all shove on the flop or was it after? Was it all pre-flop? It was pre, but because I went in, uh, I, w- I had position on him, and then he, he, he like, uh, it was, so they were like, I guess they were light years ahead of us because they were doing any two cards prior to, and we actually, me and you actually, I think me Played more, quality yeah, 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 me more than you, like, okay, so the, I met you, the first time I met you, I sat and fold, 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 and then I get aces, and I jam, and you got kings, and you sat there for fucking 10 minutes and you could not fold a hand but you knew exactly what i had but we weren't you weren't at the level to fold kings yet and then i remember I'm Stites, still not at that level man. yeah i don't know how you get to that level i, I a king's pre like maybe but never aces pre but uh yeah kings is too tough in a sense but Stites wanted to kill me because we were playing heads up and he had either he had aces and i had pocket eights or vice versa and i flopped a set on him i think he had aces and i had eights and he literally wanted to kill me uh, because I took, and we were playing for like 40 bucks, 50 bucks, 60 bucks back then. Yeah, back then we were still keeping it reasonable. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I had position on him and I didn't know any better, but I was I was getting mad because people were playing, like people would turn over 7-5 and have two pair and take over, take these big pots down. So like uh, a couple of people that limped, he raised and I jammed on him for about 200. Went all the way back in and then he sat there for a couple of seconds. He knew what was going on. He he had that same look that I've seen you give me a thousand times. This jackass in the left of me that is only playing aces. Because that's, that's where I was at the time. And then he's like, oh, I, I, what did you go ahead? You, you finish no, the story. He, he called you. The board ran out. Neither one of you flipped your hands. The board ran out. You flipped yours first. And then he flipped ace-king. Yep. And he said, I, I know you have aces. That's why I call you. That was the best line in poker history, right there. And I don't even think he was—I don't even think he was suited. I think it was Ace King offsuit. Yeah, and he, he and put the he board hit, ran out ten jack queen. Yeah, he hit Broadway. And, uh, he, he hit Broadway on me, and I yeah. wanted to jump out of the fucking window. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, 
one night there, one night there. I'll try to make this one quick. No, dude, one you got. Time. We got plenty of time, so just fucking oh. take your take your time, dude. Well, okay. I'm I'm here as long as you will. Well, 45 minutes, but I'm here as long as you are. So. Okay. Well, one one night there, uh, I got into one, and uh, I had a I had a pretty good stack. It's Orange Park again. I put, which by the way, Orange Park is terrible these days. It's like a, a rat rat infested closet they're still using the same chips they had when you were here sounds like my kind of place yeah it's great (laughs) the chips are all faded and you know you get hep c from them and stuff but they're they're still there they're like it's horrible the tables suck but anyway um one night when it was still new uh we were down there and i was in a hand and a full table massive hand i have top two pair by the turn and there's a shove, shove, uh, I shove, and I have everybody covered that shoved thus far, and there's one guy left, and this other guy that's sitting here, you know, there's always that guy. He's got everybody at the table covered. He's looking at his hand, and he's, I don't know, man, I don't know. I just know I'm going to kill myself if it doesn't come, if it comes, <laughs> and then I didn't call, and blah, 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 and he calls, and he hits. I don't even remember the cards. I don't even remember what I had, but he hits a gut shot. With one card left, and he called like I, I think I shoved for right at five hundred and something. He called. He's got everybody at the table covered. He's the people's champion. He gets the gut shot, and I was just beside myself, angry. That's the maddest I've ever been. I stood up and I just looked at the cards, and I looked at him, and I said, you know, I said a lot of stuff like, "What the f are you doing? What the f? What's going on? What are you thinking?" And all this shit. And the guy's just, you know, he's happy with his decision. He's sitting down. They're pushing a wave of chips over to him. Yeah, you know, that's a great feeling when the dealer reaches their little stubby arms over the table and shoves, you know, a mountain of chips where you were way ahead of somebody. And this little floor guy comes up to me, and, and he leans over by me, and he's like, "Are you okay?" You know, like, like he's he's getting ready. No, you know, I'm not he's okay. To see how far? I'm, that's what I said to him. He's trying to see how far I'm going to take this, and I was like, "No, I'm not, mother. Okay, do you see this shit? Blah 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 blah." And I, I sat there angry for a minute, and then I, I just looked around. Everybody at the table's looking at me, and I was like, "I'm, I'm just." Just time for me to leave. I'm just gonna leave now. How many times do you think you've lost your sh- lost your mind at the table? Like- oh man, down there, dude. Every time I go, at least once. But <laughs> it's, what really sucks about I had a friend I talked to after the other night. I talked to my buddy after leaving because I was up pretty good, and then shoving with the queens and all this. I was like, you know, maybe that was. You know, maybe it's something with me. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> maybe I need to think about what I'm doing. And he did say this. He was like, man, if you'll start looking at the money you have on the table at the time and you'll start thinking about what kind of bill you could pay with it, maybe you'll just go ahead and leave, you know? And I was like, you know, maybe I should just start doing that, you know, just start looking at, no, hey, I could pay the, you know. You can't do that. Bill. No, you cannot do that. You need to have the mindset that it's the same. Whatever money you take in that casino, you could walk up to the table, stare every single motherfucker in the eye, just lock eyes for five seconds so everybody knows you're the boss. You pull out your money, you pull out the lighter, you light that shit on fire, throw it in the middle of the table, and walk away. You need to have. You need to do that with the money. It's not bill money you need to be gambling with. It's money that you can light on fire and you don't care about. That's the only way you're going to play this game. It, it is. It's 
not it's never built money. No, it's never, never that. But, you, it's, but it's also like what he's trying to say is think about you know you could be ahead but it's never gonna you know you're, you're just not gonna take that mentality if you're gonna do that then you're just not gonna go play you know correct you're gonna tight you're gonna be like we were when we first started you're gonna be super tight and people are just gonna pick you off because they've they're running the numbers and they and they can just take shot after shot after shot after shot after shot at you and eventually they're 40 percent or they're 20 percent or they're five percent which is typically what happens is gonna take you out and that's that's uh i think my two biggest problems on poker is that i don't i don't come with enough bullets and I have a conscience. So uh, I don't want to, I'm not there to stab you in the back or try to, like, that's my problem. I need to be more vindictive. I need to take your money. And it's, it's never like that. Like, it's more of an intelligence game to me. Like, I'm trying to outsmart you. I'm, I'm trying to play chess with you. And it's not, I'm, I don't know, I'm not there to, I don't know. Maybe I'm there to take your, I'm there to take your money, but it's never, I'm too nice. Right. I know, I'm the same way. And the thing is, like, you, uh, you, you go down there, you're, you're exactly right. If you go down there now, that you should come down whenever, uh, I don't know if you're ever going to be back in this. Oh, I will be. I'll be back. The planet. But if you do, man, we'll go down there. You should see the way that that poker room in Jacksonville has changed, man. These guys do exactly what you're talking about. They come in with these heavy, big stacks. I'm t- talking, uh, it's minimum or maximum buy-in is 800 at the 2.5, and they run that up to two or three grand pretty quick, and then... They'll just drain you, dude. Your your hundred and fifty dollar raises uh, are nothing to them. You know right. you're gonna call that if you're trying to. You can't protect anything. Nope. If you have anything on the flop to protect, you, you might as well just just shove it and hope for the best because you're not. You. It's like the more you put in there, the more they think about how much they could suck out on on you for that money. Yeah, because they have they have stacks and stacks and stacks of cash behind them. So they're going to take shots at you, and they'll continue to take shots at you, and it's just a matter of time before uh, they get you. And that's that's all they're that's that's why they're so successful at the two five table, and they could be a lot looser with their money than uh, I'm still. Maybe at the one three table, I've gotten a lot better with uh, taking risk, and that's still kind of poker ish. But ninety percent of the people there are just waiting for premium hands, uh, and yep. just that. I mean, and they play. Uh, you'll you'll see some high roll. Yeah, it's a it's a fine line there. If you get you get a quality game where you end up uh, in in two hours, maybe you made twenty bucks, and you're ready to blow your brains out because you get <laughs> pocket aces and you make it fifteen pre-flop, and everybody drops, and you yeah. win like you know a dollar yep. off the table. And, or, or you go to a big game and you get aces, and everybody and their mama's drawing against you. Yeah. It's crazy, man. But I mean, th- those old house games we had—that was that was fun, man. Because we were all trying to play our best poker and, and trying to beat each other. It wasn't really about the money then; it was just about you know the, the competition. I'm better than you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what a lot. That's that's basically our entire relationship, Dusty, is trying to find out who's better than who. Pretty much, pretty <laughs> much. That's the way it's went. That's the way it's went, man. Uh, let's I'll, see. I'll, I'll give. I'm gonna give a. Uh, Maybe Yoshi will listen to this podcast. I'm going to give Yoshi a little credit because Yoshi was an insane maniac at poker years before I think it was popular to be that insane. And now there's 100,000 Yoshis down there in Duval. So I'm going to reach out to Yoshi to see because he's the the All-Navy wrestling team captain now, or he's he's, he's the coach of the All-Navy wrestling team. So I'm going to reach out to him too. But here's a fun Yoshi story. Besides the one where I sat and dealt for you two maniacs, for like three hours when nobody else showed up to play. So we were in, we went to Orange County. Uh, I I was up like 800. One of the rare, like 
you know, you're down four, eight, up eight, like depending on the night that you go. But I was up 800 and Yoshi was either up four or up five, but he had met some characters. Now, I, I, I don't want to say this. Is this the house game story? Yes. Uh, you told me this, but go ahead. I refresh me because this was crazy. Oh, it's, a, it's fuck. It was insane. It's the one time that I was in a situation like uh, the Rounders movie where you, you walk into this area where like, it could go south pretty quick. But, uh, yeah, Yoshi, I think Yoshi has a gambling problem or, you know, delete name has a gambling problem, but, uh, but he's, he's a maniac, but, and it takes that kind of a person to be the judoka that he is and the wrestling captain and win all the medals that he wins and the, make the decisions that he made. But the other one where he uh, drove us off a ditch and he was the only sober guy in the car, but <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot. Christmas Eve. Yes. You know what, man? I recently went and. Went through some old stuff. I have a picture of Stites propped up on the cop car with its lights on on Christmas Eve while we're trying to get pulled out of the ditch there. We're, yeah. we're all tanked. And then uh, we had, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Robinson. Robinson. Yes. <laughs> Robinson came out and hooked up the pull chain. And got us and out. he was plastered with yes. the cops there yes. trying to pull us out of the ditch. Do you remember? Do you remember the event of Yoshi pulling down there? Do you remember me saying the entire time, "You better, you better gun it, Yoshi. You better gun it. <laughs> gun it back towards the road. What? Gun it back up, Yoshi. Gun it." He's like, "We're gonna slide." I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna slide, but we're gonna get towards the gravel." He, of all the drove. times, of all the times, we allegedly drove back. Like you know, of all the times, all the times, <laughs> the one time there's an issue, we do it the right way. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, whatever, man. But uh, I like that happened, and I was like, I'm not staying here. And I just got out of the car and stumbled. Yeah, I don't walk off. But I came back. <laughs> yeah, you did do that. I think you saw me staring you down as you walked off, and I was like, "This is okay, Harms. I, I see where you're going." And then you like came back over there and hung out with us, and uh, the cop was actually the cool. Oh yeah, 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 it was so, so cool. Didn't have to pay a towing. Uh, Nothing. He he no, was he just... had to pay. He had to pay a hundred something bucks for the tow truck. Had to pull him out. Yoshi. No, Stites ended up, or Yoshi paid. I guess I don't know, but somebody did. I thought Robinson got us out. I don't. Did no, it... Robinson failed miserably. <laughs> Robinson hooked the chain up and his suburban was skipping on the road i remember the back tires were jumping it was doing absolutely shit well i, I thought so, it, i thought he was successful no the tow truck came and was waiting on robinson the tow truck showed up and we were hooked up and jerry was in the middle of the road trying to pull the stites truck out of the ditch and he did he, did, he attempted like two or three times and then the tow truck was like all right guys you know it's christmas eve I'm out here on the call. What are we doing? And we're like, give him one more try, man. Hey, one more try. And he did one more time and nothing happened. And the tow truck hooked up and pulled him out. And then there was like, I don't know, $200 fee to get the tires back on the fucking pavement. So, yeah, I don't remember any of that because, like I said, I walked off and I get, I get, I was, I was three sheets to the wind, man. But, right. so back to Yoshi. So we both, we both profit from the night over at Orange Park. Orange, that's when Orange Park, is it 24-hour now or did it close? Or does it still close uh, it? I don't, I think they close at 4 a.m. Yeah, so they close at 1 or 2 or whatever, and Yoshi's like, 24 hey. 24 hours on the weekend. 
Okay, so yeah, Yoshi. So Yoshi's like, "Hey, let's go, let's go hang out with these dudes." And they were shady characters. Like I didn't know at the time, but apparently, if you didn't, if you don't clip your pinky nail, uh, I, that means you can do cocaine. So everybody in the fucking group, besides me and Yoshi, didn't have their pinky nail clipped. And so we roll to this back alley area, uh, and they go in, and we go into this area, and it's like rounders, this little poker room, and there's a safe and everything. And hey, let's get you McDonald's or whatever. Sit down and. Uh, everything was kosher. Let's play. Let's play a thing on the on the on the TV, and everything was fine. And it just looked like it seemed like a normal game until about 15 to 20 hands in. Uh, I think I had, I was in for 200, and Yoshi was in for two. I think was the buy-in. They said one to three was the buy-in, but uh, I got dealt kings, and then some guy raised, so I, I raised him all in, and then the third guy called, and the other guy called, and they flipped over like seven three offsuit and five deuce offsuit. And I had kings, and they both like ran out straights on me. So I just gave up um, at that. But Yoshi ended up losing like 500 bucks in that game. I ended up losing yeah. two. I think I saw a gun, or a gun was there, and I was just like, I want to get the hell out of here. But he would not go. He would not leave. But that was the one time where like, like I literally, we literally got robbed, like or got got scammed or gamed or whatever. But I didn't see the bottom deal, and I didn't see any of that stuff. But I knew something was up when I got called by seven deuce. Or seven three offsuit and five four offsuit or whatever it was. There were some guys back at the Bayard days and Orange Park days that used to run a house game, and I remember hearing people talk about it and talk about how it was fixed. I don't know if that was the ones that you guys ended up running into, but back then when we were going, the poker community down there wasn't as broad as it is now. There was only, you know, I remember a bunch of the regulars coming around, so I can't imagine there was too many really good fixed games but yeah Yoshi man God bless him he always figures he always thinks that you know he's gonna beat the game or he's got I the upper like hand yeah he's, he's relentless man yep. he's relentless yeah, he's he gonna can... uh, he's gonna continue to come at you he stayed at the table and they I think they did that to him if I recall correctly they did the same thing they did to me they did it to him twice and they ran him down twice and he put I think he put all of his profit on the on the table and walked away with nothing and I walked away I think I was either cut in half or, or lost a, a third of my profit. And I, I never, I don't think I ever went gambled with Yoshi again after that. Because <laughs> he's just another level, man. Yoshi was one of the first people I saw go down there. And God, we're talking about you a lot, Yoshi, but still love you, bud. Yeah, I love I'm you, Yoshi. play some poker with you again. Hell day, yeah. Yoshi, Yoshi was one of the first uh, people I saw down there at the old Bayard, like, stack up close to two grand in front of him, man. And I was like, I remember coming over to the table and being like, uh, Yosh, uh, you know, what What else are you trying to get to here? Let's just go ahead and go, you know. You can put a down payment on a new car here or something, man. Let's go ahead and get out of here. And, uh, I, I think he walked out with 4,000 one time, I thought. Like, he came in with eight and walked out with four. Because he was just – he. He played next level. Like he was a next level player. Like we, like I still play ABC poker to an to an extent. Um, and I think I, I don't know how your game has changed or gotten better or gotten worse or whichever. But he was next. Like he was just any two cards. I don't know if that's because of his like his like just his mentality, what, the way right. he grew up. Like maybe his competitive edge is one thousand, and we're just playing fucking tiddlywinks over here. I'm not sure. Okay. But I look at I look at. Uh pot odds a lot more now than I used to. I look at the, the positioning for limping in and knowing that I'm going to probably get, I, I try to conserve, like, it's still kind of ABC, but I'll take uh, educated gambles knowing that, you know, okay, 
I might call 30 bucks here with all these other people that called, knowing that if I turn my gut shot, I'm going to go ahead and shove the rest of this and take this pot down and, you know, stuff like that that I used to wouldn't do, I will do now. And, and you know, sometimes it pays off. Sometimes you're an idiot. They call $30 or $40 for a gut shot. Yeah, position is key, man. Position position rules all, in my, in my humble opinion. So, uh, what, the two, so the, the last time I tried to level somebody, so Maryland has a bunch of casinos, um, and there's a big one, Maryland Live. And I was playing a, I finally decided to step up to a 2-5 game, and I was doing fine. And I had $700 in front of me. And this Asian dude to my left had $800 in front of me. And I limped, or I raised with uh, pocket eights. And he, he, he re-raised me, so I, caught, I flatted him. Uh, flop, I missed completely. He, I checked, he bet. Uh, I raised, he called. And the turn was an eight. So I was like, I got his ass. Um, and, and we had probably half of our stack, so probably 800 was in the middle of the table. And we both had about, uh, I had about 350 left in front of me. And he had me covered. Um, and so I, I jam uh, with that. He's not going to see it coming. And he's sitting there. He hems and he haws. And he could have found a fold with the ace on the board because like, the ace was on the flop. And that's what I was trying to rep, like ace, ace king or whatever, or ace queen or ace jack, whatever you want to do. Um, and he ended up calling, and a queen hit the river. And he looks at me. He had pocket queens. Like, uh, so I, I sat I at him, and he set me back. And I just... I, People looked, that was like the most, like, it's like my soul had been ripped out of me. Besides, besides the guy saying, I know you have aces, so I call, and I lost a piece of my soul that day. I lost a piece of my soul when I tried to level this Asian dude. It was successful. Hit the one card I was looking for, trying to push him off a hand. Because I can live with trying to push somebody off a hand and it not being successful. But what kills me is that I got 5%ed when I 5%ed somebody. It was, uh, yeah. So. I'll tell you uh, another real quick one, and I know you want to talk about more than poker. This was, I did. I or did do I, Dusty? Or do I? Huh? Or do I? <laughs> <laughs> I took a uh, $1,300 pot home one time. I had about 500 A uh, guy by me had right at 300 and this lady across the table had about 700 in front of her. Well, he is raise, raise. It's like three, four bet pre-flop. He ends up shoving with 300 I have pocket queens. Again, it's always queens. I don't know why. I look down, and I'm, I had like, you know, uh, like three to 400 left. And I look at this lady, and I'm like, okay, well, if I shove against him and he has me beat, if she calls, I'll still have a decent side pot. I think my queens are good against her. You know what I mean? Yep. So I push him in. She calls. He flips over aces. I flip over queens. She flips over king queen suited. Nice. Clubs. Like, oh well, okay. Let's see what happens here. Well, the flop has two clubs on it. Great. I fade the turn. The river is the case queen, man. So I took the whole freaking thing down. I one outered the guy with aces. <laughs> uh, he was a lot nicer than me. <laughs> he, just got he, he doesn't have he mental issues like you cliff. do. Uh, he doesn't have mental problems like we do. He's actually comfortable with who he is. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. He knows what's going on. He understands I'm an idiot. And he oh, just sh- shit happens. Somebody dumb day. I'm going to go back to Mayville. Yeah, I don't know how people do that. I don't know either. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that was that. So yeah. Let's, uh, let's get into this, man. I, wanna, I know you're a, 
you're a football fan. I don't know how you guys continue to get into the World Bowl, by the way. I hate that league. That league can burn in hell. Why? I don't know what to do. Why? I don't know what to do different, man. Like, my team last year, I felt great about it. And then I had one week where I put up almost 200 points. And I was like, this is what I should have been doing all year. I don't know. I don't know how my guys didn't gel or whatever, man, but it just didn't work out. And I think the week that I put up 200, I actually had Derrick Henry on the bench, and he scored like 19 touchdowns in a game. Yeah, so I, I luck boxed into – so I played uh, three leagues, and I did not make the playoffs in a work league, and I luck boxed into – for some reason, we played at another – the only pay league I played in, 10 teams, six teams made the playoffs, go figure. And I was the sixth-place team to make it, and I luck boxed into third place. And then in this one, uh, I screwed the pooch with Dustin, uh, the other Dustin. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) and then, uh, I scored like 180,000 points against Yoshi and got third place, but I don't, uh, you drafted Le'Veon, man. That was your problem. So. Oh yeah, that's true. I forgot that did happen. Yeah. I got Le'Veon over Gurley. What a moron. I actually thought about getting Gurley too. Yeah. 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 That, that, that's what, that's what killed you because what you had to come back around and you have like the, I don't know with our league quarterbacks are pretty important. So if you got the first picks kind of a that's hard pick because you got to what are you doing after that, right? You you have to yeah, hit the, you got to hit that first pick. First first pick in any of these fantasy football drafts is terrible, man. It's the worst pick ever. It's the worst spot to be in, I think. Cuz yeah. even when you come back for second and third, by the time your fourth and fifth is there, yeah, you're getting shit, man. You're getting crap players, man. Yeah, but if you if you pay attention, you can you can hit a lot of people in the late rounds. That's where you win the league is in the late rounds where people are sleeping and they're just picking uh, average draft position players or whatever. And you can win uh, you can win in the late rounds. But the what the there was a couple of years ago in a work league. There's still people out here that have no clue what they're doing. I had like five first round draft picks in my first five picks that nobody got, and I, I crushed that league uh, horrifically. But yeah, Dustin won again for the third time. Fuck that guy once again. Um, Yippee. Yeah. Way to go, Yeti, Sasquatch, you you big bastard. My my three receivers I got this year were I got Juju Smith-Schuster, I got T.Y. Hilton, and then I was big on Marquise Goodwin in San Fran. I thought him and Jimmy G were going to get something together, man. He's like their burner. He's like the the Brandon Cooks over there. And then he got hurt, and T.Y. was kind of iffy first half of the season, but – I figured those three guys, I was like, man, I'm going to light some people up with these three, you know? Nope, never happened. My team was ho-hum. Like, wasn't that great, but I just kept winning games for some reason. Um, all you got to do is win seven, though. All you got to do is get into the playoffs, and then whatever can happen. But I finished finished third in the regular season, won the won the wild card game, and then uh, lost, to, lost to the Sasquatch. So, yeah. yeah. You're a Houston Texans fan, right? Or are yeah. you in Dallas? Uh, no, not Dallas. I'm a, I'm a contrarian, so I uh, – uh, my entire family roots for Dallas, so in order to be a, a con- consistent be problem, yourself. yeah, it'd be a consistent problem. I root for the Texans, and we are we are hot garbage, man. Jesus Christ! No, nah, man, I don't think Houston's that bad, man. dude. I we lost Houston... to Indianapolis week fourteen, and we lost to Indianapolis again at home in the wild card. Anybody like in Indianapolis is terrible. They got fucking steamrolled by Kansas City uh, the the follow-on week. Like, how do you do that? How do you – you went 0-3, you went 10 in a row. Like, I knew what they were. Everybody's like, oh, Houston. Oh, Houston Texans, they look good. I'm like, no, 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 no. We are, we are terrible. 
We have J.J. Watt, who's five years past his prime. Clowney takes plays off every two seconds. I don't even know Clowney's who are. Clowney's going to be gone, man. Yeah, he's not staying there. Why would you stay there? You'd go somewhere where you got a chance to win a game. We got Bill O'Brien, the guy that took took after the showers of fucking Jerry Sandusky. He's our guy, right? Because he because he did so well at Penn State. So he just he's not. I don't know. It's just not there. But uh, the only future that I, the the team I'm really excited about is A&M football because Jimbo Fisher looks like he'd turn that program around, boy. So he's uh, a. <laughs> But we, yeah, we'll see, man. Yeah, but we get Johnny Manziel as your quarterback coach. Who? Johnny Manziel. We hired him. Yeah, he's your quarterback coach. He lying. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding, man. Yeah, I'd, he'd I'd... be having people funnel beer in the locker room and put on wigs <laughs> to go out in Las Vegas, so you're not recognized. Guys snorting the sidelines. Like, no, can't have that on the program. Yeah. But uh, what you what what you feel about uh, the the Super Bowl the thirteen three everybody's all upset about it what you think about it I so I'm in Germany so I I missed the what is it I'm six hours ahead so I, I put it on record and watched it the next day so I knew the final uh, outcome or score the thing so what I was really watching was the referees and the referees killed the Rams on two different drives one time I think they did too yes man, and I hate to say that yes 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 I hate to be that guy with the conspiracy theory but man the the phantom hold call. Yes, that's the one I'm talking about with Gurley. Gurley finally pops off a 15-yard run, and there's a there's a phantom call by the center that's not even anywhere near the play, doesn't affect the play or anything, and that stops the Rams dead in their tracks where they are driving to score the tie-up touchdown, and they nothing happens. And then uh, the first time with the, the screenplay where the defender comes up and uh, puts wood on the running back or whatever, and they call a 15-yard penalty that for that one. That was horrible. They... I, I really hope that the uh, AAL. Uh, did you watch any of those games? Uh, that, no, but I saw a hit where somebody popped the freaking quarterback's helmet off like a jack in the box or something, man. Did they flag him? No. Good. We need that back in a. And NFL is just they're called like they're too they're too uh, hoity-toity. They're too like uh, they're yeah. thumbing the fans' nose and like. Hey. You know, Sorry, <laughs> bark bark. That's that's another guest on the podcast. Let, let, what's the dog's name? Yeah. Fuck, man. The dog's name is Tater. Hey, come here. Come here, come Tater Tot. No, yeah. uh, but it, the NFL is gonna gonna play this. You, I don't think. I think everyone knows that. Okay, the CTE thing out thing is out. I think it's warranted, but I think we kind of know now that you're signing up for. You know what you're signing up for when it comes to football. It's a gladiator sport. We're not here to play tiddlywinks. Uh, like. They did the the whole pink thing. I don't know where that went. Uh, the whole breast cancer thing. Uh, apparently, there's a big scam. They throw flags on everything. Uh, Tom Brady uh, got into the Super Bowl because he got touched in the face one time. In the which one was that AFC Championship game? Right, the guy touched him. Okay, you talking about the tuck rule thing? No, no, no. The uh, it was the AFC Championship game. This one, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Guy touched oh, him on the yeah, shoulder. Kansas City, yeah, that one. Yeah, was got bad. a 15 yard penalty. A bad call too. Yeah. So it. They, but look, there was also. If you watched on that same drive you're talking about with the with the girly hold, they still got down and golfed through a pass into the end zone for Brandon Cooks. And if you look watch it in real time, it just looked like okay, golf just threw into double coverage. Yeah, he got it up high enough. It wasn't an interception, but it was good defense. Yep. If you go back and watch the replay, that uh, Crockett Gilmore, I think, the cornerback that's on him. Has his left arm completely pulled down to his thigh? 
No, I didn't do that. Yeah, go if you get a chance and you got it recorded, go watch that final drive again and watch that pass to the end zone. I mean, Gilmore's diving. He's he's freaking uh, horizontal in the air, man, and he's got his left arm. He's got his left arm holding Cook's left arm back. But the other New England Patriot is coming in from the left side, and, you know, it kind of shields it. I think New England, I hate to hate on them, but after watching this game and it being this low scoring, I know Todd Gurley wasn't a factor like he should have been, but I started watching the way their offensive line, like, they get together, man, these big dudes, and they wedge you in, and they, like, lock arms up together, and they got people that hook the other team's jerseys and stuff up there where you can't see. <laughs> you know, it's just, I, I really, man, you it's, it's tough to say. Everybody, like, Tom Brady's the greatest. Okay, he's won. He's he's unbelievable. Uh, Belichick's an unreal coach. But it's just funny that, all right, that's a whole game right there, 13-3, to a uh, big defensive game, big defensive stands. Uh, the Rams punted like eight times. You mean to tell me in all that that went on there, there's no offensive holding, you know. The, the only offensive holding penalty you can get is on L.A. on their one drive that's worth a shit. I think there's still a case for Joe Montana being the greatest quarterback because he played when the linebackers and the cornerbacks and the safeties could actually intimidate wide receivers. Granted, he had the, the greatest wide receiver known to man uh, on the field with him, and but he could get you could get hit as in the 90s, 80s, whatever. Bradshaw running through his stuff. Montana running. You can't touch quarterbacks now, and you can't touch receivers coming across the middle. There's, It's just an offensive game. So I think Montana and Brady are like, I, I don't know. Like, you can't argue against six, but it's it's a, it's a different era. He's not afraid. He, there's no fear in that in that pocket because he can't be touched. You're right, man. There, there is definitely something to be say, said about that, and I'm sure there's – uh, there's you, you talk to a thousand people, you get a thousand different opinions. Especially if you talk to New England fans, yeah, you can't take anything away from them. They are there consistently. They're doing a good job, but you know it, it is a different era. Like I remember growing up and seeing Montana getting speared in his back from the blind side. He's not looking, and in the next play, he's got to get his ass up and do it again. Yeah, you know, there's it, no there's no penalty. There's no you know there's no timeout. Just, uh, Montana needs to catch his breath. No, get in the huddle, get up, do it again. Fear is part of the game, and they're trying to take that out. That's what I love about, like, if you played the game of football, you understand that's just part of the game. Getting hurt and getting back into the, like, there's a difference between hurt and injured. And if you're hurt, you play. Like, and your job, you're out there to, like, you're out there to play football, but you're out there to hurt people, too. Like, that's kind of what the game's about. It's intimidating. It's, uh, people come across, like, I played middle, uh, inside linebacker in like high school, and this tight end, go ahead. Oh, yeah, this tight end came across like the middle. Guys like, guys like LT, uh, Junior Seau, those dudes were on the field to do that. That's Ray yes. Lewis, even. That's that's the guy that, that – that's his job. Half of his job is to get you so nervous that you don't execute, you know. And yep. if you take all that away, it's it's a mental edge. You're, you're taking the you're, – you're making them comfortable. They're too freaking comfortable. It's seven-on-seven seven football, my man. So – so you are uh, – how's your uh, how's your other career going? So are you still – are you still a mechanic where you used to be? Yeah. Well, I just got a promotion. I start the 17th. I get to actually turn my tools in. I'm a QAI, quality assurance inspector. So I get to actually watch people make controlled builds. On Radio edit. Sign off stuff as opposed to having to get in the hole and do it yourself. So that's a good thing. It's going to be a lot of qualifications, but – 
I'm ready to do something different, man. You know, ten and a half years and finally off the tools, so that's a good thing. Congrats! I'll probably uh, I'll probably uh, edit the fact that you said uh, that word, but uh, and then your other what career, did I say? the the little under the water thingies. And I'll flag that. I mean, that doesn't matter, but whatever. Okay, all right. Yeah, I got you, I got you, I got you, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's here, it's the base. People know it's here, but that's fine. I got you. All right, brother. But, uh, yeah, and the, how's your other career going? How's your music career going? Man, we, uh, it's just been tough with a newborn to try to do and make all these shows, man. I want to go out and do a bunch of these shows, but in order to go places, I'm only off Saturday and Sunday, so and sometimes you're on overtime then. So in order to go to these shows in like Missouri and Ohio, you end up having to take a, a Thursday off, maybe a Monday, depending on how your drive time is going to be. And it's just been tough. You only get so many hours leave. So I haven't been doing shows. I have been recording, though. I'm going to do another album. I put an album out on uh, March of last year and uh, it did pretty decent, man. I made a little bit of money off of it. I did. I did. uh end up getting a settlement from a well-known rapper i can't really talk about it i was about to ask about that so if anybody does their i'm not i can't speak about it but if anybody does their homework on my music the the issue that was going down was resolved outside of court uh it was not really worth bragging about he paid yeah well it, it was settled i'm just gonna say that okay it was settled and um it, it's pretty cool for me to know that uh, I guess how you say it, like the uh, the underdog got a little time in the in the sun there. You know what I mean? And yeah, it, so- it was a total it was a total mind blown situation to get up one morning. This was at my house when I when I still lived in Brunswick to get up one morning and scroll through Facebook before work and see that. This person who's out there making a lot of money has a song titled the same as mine and pretty much pattern structured his song the same as mine was when I gave him a demo tape. So it was it was obvious from the beginning to me where he got the idea from. I know I personally gave him the song. So that must everyone have been, else. Huh, go that, ahead. that must have been surreal, man. I, I followed that when you posted that. I followed that entire thing, and then I, yeah, he he ripped that shit from you straight up. Like, there's no, I don't, any objective person would say that, and I don't think you could, I don't think you could squeeze it any other way. Well, there, man, I'll tell you what, that really right there let me, I realized a lot through that point when that went on, and it, and it hit the internet, and it made a little bit of a story, and it made a noise, and people were looking me up now, that these kids that are, that are fans of hip-hop and stuff, you know, I'm, I'm an old dude now. These are kids that have, have, you know, they're way younger. You're talking 15, 20 years younger than me that are looking this stuff up online and they're, dude, they're extremely rude and extremely angry <laughs> and they idolize this other guy so much and, and they can't believe that, that my music's so horrible to them that I'm just looking for fame yep. and I'm just trying to do this and that. And I mean, they even went as far as to make comments on my personal facebook page and say things about my family and stuff and it was like golly man you guys need need something better to do man go outside and shoot some jumpers in the driveway or something man go go do something different get off the internet for a while like why are you defending this guy that's a multi-millionaire or whatever he is and uh 
for no other reason than just because you, you feel like you can. You, you're going to say all this behind a computer just because you can, you know? Yeah, I forwarded that uh, on another social media platform, and it got no traction. Like, it just got completely ignored. Um, and it, he's a pretty big name, or was a pretty big name, uh, yeah. whichever. But uh, you are a talented individual, and I will say you are my second favorite white rapper. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. I'll definitely take that. Man. And and with with your permission, I want to play one of uh, my favorite songs of yours at the end of this uh, podcast, if you don't mind. With That's all perfect. copyrights, I don't want to get I don't want a uh, lawyer to show up with a letter saying, "Hey, you <laughs> shut up a bitch. You showed hey, up on I my got phone." His, I got his number still. You you know what? I'll say this about that whole situation. Uh, when, whenever that stuff went on, you know, I instantly thought like, "Oh man, this is gonna be a." Uh, decent payday and uh, you know I'm gonna get a lawyer involved and we're gonna see where this goes and it took us over two years of back and forth with this person back and forth emails this that court date here uh, go talk about it yeah, pre-trial this all this crap and uh, it ended up the the numbers really weren't what the public thinks they are if they you know what I mean it's just like it is it's a total facade man the whole thing and, and it really woke me up to, uh, you know, these, these guys you see on TV and these people, I know we've talked about it forever, like, you know, they really don't own those cars and they really don't. They probably really don't. They're probably not doing as good as everybody thinks they are. There, there, there's some smart ones out there that are saving money and investing it, but when you're in the public eye, you, you probably tend to blow a lot of it just on image, you know? Yeah, the the little Bow Wow guy that tried to say that he was on a private flight and somebody called him out on a commercial flight. Like, <laughs> right. they do that shit all the time. <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, what do you, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, I, I have no clue, but uh, good on you, man. I'm glad uh, you got a W on that one. So, uh, how much does a, if you don't mind me asking, give me a roundabout figure. When you, when you do a gig and... Uh, because you've been on a couple of radio shows out all right. across the country. Right. Um, right. When you do gigs around whatever, uh, how does it, how much is it like? Do they pay you to get out there, and do they pay you? Yeah, a, they have. They were uh, at a time when we were a group and we were doing shows. We were getting about two grand up to about three grand a gig. You know, it wasn't like amazing, amazing money, but it was still cool to take home. You know, you do two or three shows in a week. You split it up between three or four people and. You come back home. I made a decent amount about two years ago. I made a pretty good chunk off of it. And uh, I'd like to still be out there doing it. Part of me still wants to go out there and get on the road and do all this stuff. But it's also like, is it really worth jeopardizing my career and my benefits and, you know, and, and all this stuff? In, in 10 years, if I'm still out here getting the same amount of money, uh, you know, and then I freaking break my leg or something, then I'm, I'm going to end up paying, you know, half of what I made in the year to some doctor or whatever, rehab or whatever. So it's yeah. kind of like you got to figure out is it worth it or not. And if the right song hits, and it's all about streams and Spotify and stuff like that anymore anyway. The days of selling albums and, you know, selling a million albums is about over. It's all done digitally anyway now. They look at how many how many streams you have is equivalent to a gold record or a platinum album, you know? So it does. basically I can just put out content still from my home and promote it. And I, I can get the same amount of response and still be relevant. And if, and if I end up getting a good video or something like that, that hits, 
then it will be worth touring a little bit. But as of right now, it's not really worth getting out here and beating the bushes and, you know, trying to kill what I've worked for. Are you staying local? Like, do you, so do you be up around locally or still? We went all around. We, we, we went with a group called the Lax out of Baxley, Georgia, and they're pretty big. They, they did country rap, which was uh, like the Bubba Sparks time frame and all that. And they have about five or six uh, real good cult following songs that people love, man. Probably even more than that, actually. And uh, people come out. They, they draw crowds all the way to California, Northern California, North South Dakota, Montana, Ohio's big on them, Kentucky. And we actually, in 2016, me, Ryan Fleming, who was the original Hard Target, and Wes Bright, who's Wes Nile, the producer, uh, we were all a group. We went under the name Hard Target because Ryan already had a good social media platform. And we toured with the Lax. I took about three months off work, and we went all across the nation, man. I was freaking stage diving, and it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome, Harms. It was, man. People people loved it. We got a good response. We, we sold a bunch of merchandise, a bunch of shirts, and uh, – People still, you know, play our stuff on Spotify and all that. We still get, make numbers on that. But um, it was just like I'm, I'm going to have to quit everything I've got here and leave and get on the road and hope that something hits or I'm going to, you know, just keep working like I've been working. And it's, it's kind of like you, you weigh the pros and cons, man, and you, you figure it out, you know. Yeah, but do you, uh, I, I don't know. There's, there's two ways to do it. You're right, pros and cons, but – you got the taste, like you you pursued a hobby, a dream, a passion, a love, whatever it is. You actually got out there and did it, and you you had the talent to do it. And ever since I've known you, like I, I saw you from nothing, right? You were just yeah. you just were a dude in the back, like fucking uh, like wow, this guy's talented or whatever. But you never know where it's gonna go. And you actually took that talent and took it up to where you're actually touring nationwide for amount of time. But yeah, you gotta. You never know, like these days, with like, yeah, you, can you take a huge risk? Now you got a family, you got a you got a kid. Like, what are you gonna do? That's the difference, man. When 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 Reese gets a little older, you know, she's nine months now, man. I, I honestly, after having a kid now, I don't see how any single parent is able to really do it. It's a full time thing where you, you don't have any kind of life. When you have a, a baby that can't walk, and you have to constantly, you know, I mean, I'm I'm older, dude, but this is my first kid, and. I see it's got to be really hard for single parents to do it on their own, plus hold down jobs and all this. So, But with two of us here, it's still stressful, you know, in the evenings. And so when, when Reese gets a little older and, you know, she's able to not need as much attention constantly, then maybe I'll look at doing some more shows. I'm, I got a couple coming up this year I may do. But uh, right now it's just not in the cards. With Sarah working full-time and me working full-time, it's just like, you know, I don't want to burden her. I'm gone for a month. Hey, work your job full time and take care of the kid, and I'll be back later. And you know, I, I might could have made more here if I'd have just stayed here working, but I'll bring home a little bit of show money. And you know, it's just not. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, it's just not really there right now. Yeah, but uh, if you still got the fire for it, you should definitely do it, man. Don't don't ever leave. Don't leave something on the table with like a what is or what for or why is, but. Uh, yeah, me and the wife want to strangle each other on a, a routine and constant basis uh, with our, our two little chit. Like, Abby was tough, but Michael is a little bit opposite. He He's crying for three reasons, and we just run through the paces. We got, like, a 
you know, it's like an alcoholic. You got a 12 step program to try to get him to stop, <laughs> to get him to stop crying. You figure out what it is. How about this? Oh, yeah. no, that didn't work. How yeah. about this one? How about eat another cracker? Here, try that. <sighs> oh, geez. Uh, uh, whatever, man. But uh, good shit. So, do I have permission to play one of your songs at the end of this podcast? Yeah, go ahead, man. I wish you would, uh, I wish you'd let me email you maybe one of the newer ones. Cause I don't know which one you're talking about. Which oh, one are you talking about? that's the that's the fun part of it. You don't know what song it is, so you have to listen to 52 minutes of podcasting, and then you're Go gonna ahead, hear. Man, I don't care. I don't care. Let it roll. There's no telling what old stuff you have in the archives. Of. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, it's my. Uh, you're, you're probably gonna laugh at me, but it's my. It's the one I always recall. And it's it's uh, probably one of the first ones that I heard. But it, it is. My, it's it's still. You have some really good ones. But it's still my one of my favorites uh, that you play. So, and it's I think it's one of your old ones. So, okay. So. All right, sure, appreciate it. Man, I yeah, I, I I still let me let me just say this before we get off the subject. I yep. still do have the fire to do it. I am gonna continue to do it. I do make music. I just recorded something last night, and it, it is gonna. I am gonna get back out there and do some things, man. It's just a a timing thing right now. Yeah, I dude, I love this. This was this was a blast. Like I, this was fun. Uh, that's, we'll have that's, to do it again, man. Oh, 100%. Like, uh, you are welcome on this thing or, or to sit and bullshit with me for any amount of time. Uh, I, I don't know uh, if I can take it over an hour. I don't know how the recordings go or the apps or whatever. I'll try to figure it out later, but this is probably the, the max of the bandwidth as far as storing and trimming and cutting and everything down. But, uh, dude, it was, it, was, it was the pleasure was all mine catching up with you, kind sir. Well, that's good, man. I enjoyed it. Uh, just uh, do I have to hit you up on this WhatsApp thing now? Yes, that that's so. Yeah, this is the one. So uh, this is my wife's phone because her speaker works, and I'm a poor bastard and a cheap bastard, so I don't want to repair right. the speaker on my phone. So uh, uh, this is her phone, and then I can I can add you on the WhatsApp on my phone as well. But yeah, this is free calling and uh, nationwide or whatever. Only the NSA and uh, Google listen in on these conversations. So. Okay. <laughs> All right, bro. It's been. Thanks for having me on. Hey, man. Thanks for being on. And uh, definitely we'll have you back on later, my, my kind man. All right, Arms. All right, brother. All righty, folks. As promised, I'm playing one of my favorite songs from Simple Man. Is it Jeopardy theme music? Is Elmo going to eat some cookies? I don't know. But uh, here's that song. Yay. <laughs>
to kick rocks on the train tracks. Oh, you bought a G6, huh? Pay cash? Well, I'm broke and I hope your plane crash. Cause even if you top in charts, you know better than the people pushing shopping carts. You use a Wall Street Journal as a blanket and winner. Why you talk about the market over five-star dinners? I never, ever, ever made a dime I didn't earn. I never, ever, ever bought a dime I didn't burn. And you can say the science and the way the world turns, but I think the rock stands just to shake off all the germs. So what's for certain? Taxes and debt. But wait, ain't taxes the reason we left? And what's the people living here that we kicked out that be like me saying I found your house? Think about it. Maybe just pause and reconsider. And let your sins wash away in the river. Then you'll gain focus and see more clearer. And not feel bad when you visit your dealer. I Kids, we went for a fun ride. 